Hey there, I'm Alex Lieberman, co-founder and executive chairman of Morning Brew. This is season two of Fresh Invest, the investing podcast sponsored by Fidelity Investments and powered by Morning Brew. Last week, I chatted with Greg Stevens about the basic ideas behind one of the most commonly talked about investing tools, options. This time, we'll dig into how you can put options to work for you. Call me a finance nerd, you wouldn't be the first, but options are just cool. In case you missed our overview last week, options are essentially a contract that can be purchased and give whoever buys it the right, but not the obligation, to buy or sell an underlying asset. I think that's cool because they allow you to play the prognosticator a bit and hedge your risk. If you buy a call option on your favorite stock and it doesn't quite reach where you want it to, all you lose is your premium. And if that stock really soars, you can take home a nice chunk of change. Then again, options can be risky. If you're dealing with options for a large quantity of shares, the premium loss can be significant. So you want to be careful. Here to guide us through how to embrace the cool aspects of options while staying careful is Greg Stevens. Greg, great to have you back. Hey, great to be back, Alex. So let's just start from scratch for those who missed last episode. Could you introduce yourself and explain what you do at Fidelity? Sure. Uh, I'm Greg Stevens, and I've been with Fidelity uh, over 15 years and in the industry, well, Hard to say again, you know, but over for over 25 and, uh, you know, prior to Fidelity, I spent some time at the CBOE or the Chicago Board Options Exchange uh, located in Chicago. Right. And then, uh, you know, at Fidelity, I, I work within the independent investing group as a team or squad leader for the options experience. Love it. So you have obviously a ton of knowledge around options. I want to talk about individual investors thinking about getting some exposure in their portfolio to options. What is the biggest potential benefit of options versus buying or selling outright a stock? Yeah, I mean, um, for me, it's cost and then flexibility. You know, in the previous episode, we discussed, you know, stock versus option. You know, with stocks, you know, there are only a few things you can do. You could buy it, sell it, or sell short. Selling short the stock for the listeners, you know, involves borrowing the shares and selling them in hopes to buy them back at a lower price. And you get to keep the difference. Not many investors do this, but... You know, with options, there are a lot of choices. So the first for me is flexibility. You know, the flexibility to use options to design a strategy based upon your stock sentiment, bullish, bearish, or neutral. You can use them to help, you know, generate income, speculate, or to hedge. And then finally, you know, the second piece of that is cost. You know, options typically have a lower cost to implement a strategy, you know, than stock. And we used this example in the previous episode, but Let's go over it one more time. If you wanted to buy 100 shares of XYZ stock at 100, it would cost you around $10,000. With options, you could buy a call option, which typically represents 100 shares for a fraction of the cost. For example, you could buy one XYZ 90-day call at $5, which would cost you around $500 versus the $10,000 for the stock. But and as we know, there's always a but. There are trade-offs. You know, one is the option expiring after 90 days. And two is the underlying must be above your break-even at expiration to be profitable. If you understand these trade-offs, I mean, to me, cost and flexibility can be the biggest potential benefits. So obviously, we've talked about these benefits, which are large benefits. It is a really nice thing to not have to buy XYZ stock for $10,000, but instead have an option to buy that stock in the future. And also just the flexibility that an option strategy can offer you versus buying an outright asset. 
But let's talk for a second about this idea of expiry and why it can be such a significant drawback in engaging with option contracts. How should amateur investors be thinking about this before getting involved? You know, the fact that options expire, you know, can be the biggest drawback. It can also be a benefit. But we discussed this uh, a bit in the last show. An investor must have a three-part forecast, one for price, one for time, and then, you know, one for volatility. But to me, the most significant drawback is that time. For example, you could forecast that a stock, you know, currently trading at $50 is going to 75. So you decided to buy, you know, say a call option expiring in 30 days. However, the stock didn't rise to 75 until 60 days later. So the call option you bought may have expired worthless. And what I mean by that is you lose your initial investment. So in the previous example where we said it was $5, maybe you lost, you know, the entire $500 uh, in your investment. So it could have expired worthless or at a minimum, you were not able to capture the stock price rise up to 75. So that's why you must have a forecast for time. When is something going to happen? And after saying all that, even though you may have a forecast for time, but you might have still been wrong. So trading, you know, as they say, is an art, definitely not a science. So if wrong, you also need to have a plan for mitigating losses and when right, you know, when to take profits. Yeah, and I love this idea of like, you can be right directionally, but still not make money on your options contract if you're not right about the time, right? Like you could be bullish on XYZ stock, but if the stock doesn't move in the way you want it to within the period of time prior to an options expiration, it doesn't matter. So I think that's a really important point that you point out. Let's talk about just kind of like the fluctuation and popularity of options trading. Why do you think it is that options go in and out of favor at different points in time? Is it a market-related thing? What's the reason for this? To me, you know, I mean, the question when we're talking about this, well, is the market up or down? And what I mean is when the market's going up, people tend to have, you know, more money to invest, you know, than when it's going down. They tend to feel a little bit, you know, happier, you know, about what's going on. But when markets fall, people tend to panic, you know, causing them to sell, you know, their positions, therefore pushing the market lower, which could cause, you know, more people to sell and so on and so on, kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So when investors are uncertain or there's uncertainty that persists in the market, investors tend to pull back, you know, on all trading. I know, you know, that's a very simple answer, but I tend to believe that's one of the primary reasons when you see option trading volumes pull back and why it takes them a little longer to recover is that investors want to feel confident in what they're doing. And when the markets are falling, they're a little bit uncertain. But I do believe, uh, you know, however, that education has mitigated some of this because buying call options, you know, isn't the only thing that you can do in order to take advantage of a market forecast. You could also buy puts that take advantage you know, when markets are moving down or there's other strategies you know, that you could do for spreads and other typical types of strategies. But investors in options now better understand how to use options in all market situations whether it's going you know, up or down. So I think we've mitigated some of that ebb and flow, but you know, it still does exist. So, I mean, you mentioned a second ago you know, that when investors are uncertain or uncertainty persists, they tend to pull back on all trading, not necessarily just options trading, just trading volumes in general. But let's talk about for a second the idea of using options as a strategy for hedging uh, when you don't feel super confident in a position you're taking. Talk about the value of using options as a tool for hedging. And also what I'm just personally wondering about is like, why should you be even engaging in a position if you don't feel super confident about the investment? 
That's a very good question. Sometimes it's not, you know, initiating a new position, but whether to hold on to a current position, right? So hedging with options can help mitigate risk if you're nervous or not feeling confident in your current investment. So it can be a smart way to reduce risk, you know, going into an earnings announcement or product announcement or if market volatility is creeping in. But before you hedge, you need to ask yourself, are you nervous or are you bearish? If you're bullish on the stock longer term, but realize you know, that an upcoming earnings announcement, if not well received, could drive the stock lower, you know, then hedging might be the right thing to do. However, if you're bearish and believe the stock will move lower, hedging is likely not a good idea. So why would you, you know, hedge if you thought the stock was going to move lower and stay here? In this situation, you know, selling the security may be the right thing to do. But overall, you know, hedging can be a smart idea in the right situation. Yeah, so it seems like hedging using options makes sense when you're short-term uncertain about a stock's movement, but long-term, you still feel conviction about where it's going. That's exactly right. Love it. So we have one last question, and it's from a Fresh Invest listener. And they asked, are options riskier or less risky than stocks? What about gold or bonds? Great question. Uh, I mean, options, stocks, gold, and or bonds. Um, I don't believe that one of these is riskier than another. You can lose or make money in any investment, right? I mean, however, you must understand the asset before you can trade it. You know, if I were to trade options or say bonds and don't have a plan or even understand them, that's a risky investment. So I mentioned this before and worth mentioning again, you must understand the product you're trading. There's no better way to lose money than making an uninformed investment decision. You must also have a plan, you know, when investing to take profits and losses, you know, what's your profit target? When do you cut losses? You know, how much of my account am I willing to invest? You know, investing in a good education and understanding what you are trading and having a plan, you know, can help reduce the risk in any of these, you know, different products. I love it. I have one last question for you. And I think you just offer a valuable perspective given how long you've spent in the world of options is, you know, what is it about? options as a financial instrument that really has attracted you to be in this space for so long? What do you enjoy about it that has just made this such a fun and fruitful space within the financial markets to play for the last 25 years? You know, one of the original things that attracted me to it was the complexity, you know, being able to do so much, uh, you know, with options. And what I ended up finding out, Alex, is that they're not as complex. You mentioned this early on that one plus one does equal two in the options market. It's a little bit different. And what I enjoy doing is helping others learn about the product. I think they offer a lot of flexibility of which I've mentioned, you know, for investors to take advantage of many different, you know, forecasts. Uh, But it's an interesting, the market has grown over these 25 years. I mean, it's hard to say, Uh, Just how much, you know, going from four options exchanges to, you know, well over 10, 12, 13, I think is what there there are. And just, you know, the sheer volumes, like the SIBO had mentioned, I mean, nine out of the 10 days, you know, have we've seen, you know, record volumes, uh, you know, this year. So they continue to grow and, you know, into someone's investing part of their investing strategy. And it's been great to help, you know, folks uh, along during that path. Love it. Like you said, it's a really exciting time to be a part of and, you know, thinking about options as a market and as a strategy. And, you know, we're super appreciative that you're taking the time to educate investors on the space. So I uh, really appreciate you for all the work you're doing and for joining the show. Yeah, thanks, Alex. Uh, and, and great being here. Mm-hmm. 
Thanks for joining Fresh Invest today. I really enjoyed this one. Greg had so many interesting thoughts and ways of thinking about options. Like I said in the last episode, there's a really fruitful prism through which you can explore the idea of investing and finance more broadly. Take Greg's comments about the popularity of options trading and its relationship to both the VIX and the broader stock market. That alone is a great refresher class on markets and the patterns you can discern from them if you pay close attention. Thanks again for listening. Next up on season two of Fresh Invest, I'm going to keep my finance nerd ball rolling and we're going to talk about compound interest, how it could transform your time into money. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Hey, everyone. This is Erica Gunn from Morning Brew. And as the producer of Fresh Invest, I'm here to let you know that options trading entails significant risk and is not appropriate for all investors. Certain complex option strategies carry additional risk. Before trading options, contact Fidelity Investments by calling 1-800-544-5115 to receive a copy of the characteristics and risks of standardized options. Supporting documentation for any claims, if applicable, will be furnished upon request. This podcast was created on behalf of Fidelity Investments by the Morning Brew Creative Studio and does not reflect the opinions or point of view of the Morning Brew editorial team. Sources are provided for informational and reference purposes only. They are not an endorsement of Fidelity Investments or Fidelity Investments products. And on their side, Fidelity is the paid sponsor of this podcast, which includes providing Fidelity personnel for interviews and publications with Morning Brew Studios on content development. Fidelity and Morning Brew are independent entities. Information presented herein is for discussion and illustrative purposes only and is not a recommendation or an offer of solicitation to buy or sell any securities. The views and opinions expressed by the speaker are his or her own as of the date of the recording and do not necessarily represent the views of Fidelity Investments or its affiliates. Any such views are subject to change at any time based on market or other conditions, and Fidelity disclaims any responsibility to update such views. These views should not be relied on as investment advice, and because investment decisions are based on numerous factors, may not be relied on as an indication of trading intent on behalf of Fidelity or any Fidelity products. Neither Fidelity nor the Fidelity speaker can be held responsible for any direct or incidental loss occurred by applying any of the information offered. Please consult your tax or financial advisor for additional information concerning your specific situation. This podcast is intended for U.S. persons only and is not a solicitation for any Fidelity product or service. This podcast is provided for your personal, non-commercial use and may contain copyrighted works of FMR LLC, which are protected by law. You may not reproduce this podcast in whole or in part in any form without the permission of FMR LLC. Fidelity and the Fidelity Investments and Pyramid Design logo are registered service marks of FMR LLC. Copyright 2021 FMR LLC. All rights reserved. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE, SIPC, 900 Salem Street, Smithfield, Rhode Island, 02917. See you next time.